This episode of Nerd Cognito is brought to you with no commercial interruption. It is another OSR roundtable dealing with the alleged leak from Wizards of the Coast regarding the open game license or what will be left of it once it's destroyed. So we're bringing this to you with no ads, no sponsors. We want everyone to listen, join the conversation on Twitter, follow the ladies at Twitter, at NerdCognito, and give us your opinion on this dire, dire situation for our hobby. Now, on with the show. Oh, hello, hello. Welcome once again to Nerd Cognito. My name is Ryan David. Happy to be with you. We have a hell of a show for you tonight. But before we get into that, I want to say hello to my very good friend, Bert. Hey, Bert. Hey, Ryan. How's it going this week? Oh, <laughs> this week has been on fire, my friend. <laughs> oh, absolutely. This week has been on fire, my friend. And in case you didn't know, Bert, uh, I'm jumping right to it. Uh, no small talk this week. Sorry. Um, we're not alone tonight. We are not. We are not. I want to take a moment to welcome to the OSR Roundtable version 2... Everybody, tonight we have with us Greg Lambert from the Chronicles of Iris. In the land of Mordor. Hey. <laughs> What's up, Greg? What's Yeah, YouTube sensation, Victor Gorchev. Hey, Vic. Hi, I am Dutch. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's just north of Germany, if, if, yes. I, was, if I was getting my geography correct. Grim uh, Jim, yeah, Grimasaur, welcome. Hi. Hello there. Eric Jensen from Wampus Country. Eric, how's it going? Fine evening, everybody. David Gwill, author extraordinaire of recently reviewed by us, Dungeons and Delvers, is joining us. Hey. Joe Harden from the Biggest Geekest Podcast. Hey, Joe. Hello, and Big Geek Emporium. And Big Geek Emporium, the definitive place where you need to spend your dollars for nerdy gamey goodness uh magic user we know him as kevin you guys know him as magic user he put out a fantastic sparkle troll video uh about two months ago right before i got l kicked from twitter hey kev what's up y'all and at some point we might have a run-in from a superstar yet to be named so <laughs> so welcome everybody uh, we are here because of the bombshell announcement by Wizards of the Coast from previous, I guess it was prior to Christmas. Is that when we talked about it, Bert? Yeah, I think it was right before the holidays, yeah. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Hey, we're going to change the OGL. And we were a little scared, and some of our less-than-friendly comrades online told us uh, we've got nothing to worry about. Well, if you've been living in a cave for the past week, or you don't know, that a leak of the supposed language for the open game license 1.1 has leaked, and... Gentlemen, who wants to, to run this down for us? Uh, who's, who's the most level-headed one that's not going to jump into a tirade? Because I know I will. 
Uh, Jim, I think you're probably the. <laughs> uh, so far, Grim Jim is the go-to for this. So, that, that, yeah. and, no, and that's why I defer to to Grim Jim. Grim, you want to tell everybody exactly what happened with this leak? Okay, I'll see if I can keep it shorter um, than I have elsewhere. Uh, the open gaming license is a license that allows anybody to use the kind of basic underlying structure of Dungeons and Dragons to make other games, materials for D&D and so on. And it's been open for like 23 years. People have also used it so they didn't have to hire attorneys so that they could share their own game systems that have nothing to do with D&D as well. This was meant to be forever. Uh, it was always meant to be open, but now if the leaked information is correct, which it does seem to be, it's a lot of confirmation from others. Um, they're trying to, so Wizards is trying to change the terms of the license out from under everybody, which in one fell swoop basically annihilates the profitability of third party publishing causes problems for anyone wanting to make online tools or apps or anything to support games under the OGL, um, brings into question whether the other game systems that were put out under the OGL can continue to be spread, uh, and does a whole host of other nasty stuff, taking your money, claiming your intellectual property forever. <laughs> they, you know, they've got the right to steal it and, and print it and sell it to take the license away from you at any time for any reason. Uh, there's a mora morality clause in there so that they can take it away from you if you do something that they think is naughty but doesn't really define what that is. Um, so, you know, considering they think character races is immoral and disgusting and racist now, who knows? <laughs> it just seems like it's something that would be used as an excuse yeah, stop anyone using I, it. Yeah, that, that, that's about it. That's the summary. I, I absolutely think that, you know, someone at Wizards said, and it could have been Hasbro as well, because we know that they've been flexing their muscles as far as, you know, claims like Dungeons and Dragons is under monetized. Uh, someone said, you know, we really need to get a wrap on the digital content that we're going to produce for one D&D, &D, whenever that might come. And they said, but but why are we going to stop here? <laughs> um, it's interesting. And I'm really thankful that so many of you joined us tonight because I'm just looking down the list. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, we have an overwhelming majority of creators. Uh, Joe, you are, uh, you know, tandem with those creators running the, the Emporium. Uh, this impacts almost everybody in the room. So I, I don't even know where to begin. I suppose why is, is the big question. Why are we going to take a document that is allegedly written in stone and try to sandblast the writing away? Money, money. <laughs> yeah, it's it's greedy former uh, uh, Microsoft people that don't understand the actual culture surrounding this. They just see a a thing that they that from a legal and from a business side might not be entirely uh, beneficial to them, and they're like, "Well, we're going to change that, obviously, because you know that's just what you do as a corporation." But they don't understand, like you know, the almost twenty five years of like you know the whole just tabletop culture behind uh, behind the whole uh, OGL thing. 
Right, that's my theory anyway. I look back in at the infancy time of the OGL. So I'm looking back at, at the, the third edition days. And even then, some of the highest quality supplements came out not from Wizards, and it was okay. It wasn't bad because stuff was selling. But if we look at their track record over the last year, they're not exactly hitting home runs. And I absolutely am on board. This is a way for them to monetize the work of others. We'll, we'll get into the other things where, you know, they could take it away or they might just steal, for lack of a better term, your work and publish it under their banner. Um, I don't know. Uh, Greg, you, um, and I'm targeting you now, feel targeted, Greg. You produce fifth edition content. Where's Correct. your headspace right now? Well, um, it's not in a good space. I have uh, thousands of followers who are fifth edition players. They're probably not too happy with this development. Uh, but for the past six months, I've been considering moving towards Castles and Crusades by Troll Lord Games, and I, I've actively started doing that, and I am doing that. And Troll Lord Games is supporting me on that. They include the open uh, open game license in their material. However, they're not beholden to it. Their system is their own. Uh, so, although I would like to continue making books for 5th edition, uh, because it's a, it's a large market for me, and I don't necessarily have a major problem with the 5th edition system, I, I can't I can't shackle myself to some kind of hostile, anti-small business, anti-independent creator license like this. It just it doesn't make any sense for me to do that. I don't care if Wizards of the Coast drove a dump truck full of money into my living room. I'm not going to give them my product and be like, sure, I'd like for your army of cultural consultants to go over why my product is racist or whatever. I'm, I refuse to do that. So for me, it's going to be, if I can't do 5th edition, moving on to other game systems, and we're creating our own with our Kaiju game, which I've mentioned before, which is going to be a D6 system. So you just have to move on. That's all you got to do. Yeah, you know, uh, I think it's very serendipitous because you were on with us uh, last month and we were just talking about the Wilderkind and how wonderful yeah. it was that you split it between 5th edition and Castles and Crusades, and that could be a blessing in disguise because it gave you sort of the mindset and the the literal work of possibly needing to convert Iris in a future re release already, you know, the groundwork is laid. So I, I just, I am terrified. I think everybody knows that I am in the infancy stages of working on a property of my own, which is Aura's. And um, I've absolutely stopped right now. It, I speculated two or three weeks ago with Bert that the major changes to the OGL, putting greed aside, were going to be made to suppress content creation. And reading this alleged document, uh, <laughs> everywhere you turn is a disincentive for creating something of your own. I don't know. Vic, you're you're in a similar situation. You just had a successful crowdfunding for your book. Yeah. And yep. where are you at now? 
Uh, I'm in a pretty bad spot because uh, I had to wash out my book for release. Uh, I had to literally release it as an early edition because uh, the writing was mostly done. But, you know, it needed some editing. I need interior art. But just to try and get ahead of this and to grandfather myself in under the old OGL, I had to release the PDF as is on drive to RPG, which I'm not happy about. Like, I don't want people to see my rough work. I want to, I want them to see, like, you know, the, the awesome finished version. But they forced my hand. And uh, it also just basically ruins all my future plans that I uh, had for that whole 5e modern thing. Because this was just going to be the first book. I had, like, probably four or five more planned. I was going to go uh, do a, uh, a fi- uh, 5e modern, like, monster manual type thing next. And um, now all those plans are ruined. I'm going to have to figure out what, uh, like, what maybe, like, Greg, I'm going to switch to Castles, Castles and Crusades. Uh, the Chanel's already gave me their blessing for that. Uh, maybe I'm gonna have to do some OSR thing, but even that might not be safe because you might have to retool some things even with that to be able to release it. So I don't know. It, it, it's uh, it's all up in the air right now, and we sh- we shall see, I guess. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Jim because anyone that follows the Grimasaur on Twitter knows that he has been putting out very level and detailed, I guess, insight and analysis of what's going on. Victor rushed his product out um, as I read it, and I'm not an attorney. I'm a law school dropout. <laughs> so uh, after contracts, I dipped. I said, I no, this isn't for me. Um, as I read it, is that going to provide any protection? Uh, well, yeah, I'm not a lawyer either. Um, but I have been in the business a very long time. I've worked for Wizards. I've worked on OGL stuff since the start. So I kind of know my way around, I guess. Um, if you've got it out, I think so long as you don't sign up to the new OGL, you should be able to continue to sell anything you've already got out. The problem you'll run into is if you want to create anything new, then the old SRD is is no longer available. So you can't base your work on Wizards' old SRD because they're basically de- delegitimizing that. So in order to publish anything D&D compatible for one D&D in the future, you will have to sign up to 1.1. So, uh, so, so I think Victor did the right thing. Um, it might be pushing it a bit to be updating yeah, an, an already published manuscript, but I... I don't think they're going to care too much about chasing the little guys, so you should be okay. No. Yeah, it's mostly just art and like minor edits. So like, it's like, can they go after me just for adding art? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, sh- it shouldn't be able to. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think. But yeah, this is not legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, certainly, no one here is an attorney, and we are not providing legal advice to anybody. Um, Eric, you always come at things from a different angle. Where are you at with this whole debacle? I'm not a lawyer, and I don't really consider myself a publisher. I've mostly been looking at this whole thing through the lens of being a customer. And to me, we shouldn't be surprised that they're going at this again, right? They didn't just wake up in the middle of December and think, let's call the lawyers into the the office and figure this out. We saw the GSL under 4E, so we know that the upper echelon at Watsi has had some heartburn with at least some aspects of the OGL for years, right? They they see money left on the table. the new folks in charge are tired of independent creators eating their lunch and they're going to lock the fridge. So uh, where we go from here, uh, I'm not sure. You know, the stuff that I've put out is all vaguely BX compatible and doesn't use the OGL. 
But that doesn't mean anybody's safe. Until we really understand where Wizards wants to go with this and how litigious the new regime is as far as willing to throw money at takedown requests and that kind of nonsense like they might have been in the old days, I think there's going to be a chilling effect. Now, I, I, I am concerned because, uh, again, one of the reasons why I threw in the towel was I didn't want to be that junior attorney that is just searching drive through RPG eight hours a day and sending out takedown letters. And see what sticks. Yeah. Right, right. And unfortunately, there are going to be plenty of junior attorneys that are willing to sign up for 80, 90K and happily send out those letters. So I, I you know, people, I think there's a misconception that, oh, the little guy isn't in peril. I really worry about the little guy because that's who can't fight back. And they would be the easy targets, you know putting some staff attorneys on the case and having a bullpen of them just to squash the little guys that aren't kicking up to wizards financially through the the new financial agreement which if someone wants to take the lead on that one next we can talk about what they're expecting to get out of someone else's paycheck um I think it's very doable for a company the size of Hasbro. They probably already have those staff in place, not necessarily working on this project, but working in all of their avenues to, to rightly so defend their intellectual property. But you don't defend something where you said for greater than two decades, have at it, community. Uh, Dave, you have a, a product that also possibly could draw some attention in Dungeons and Delvers. Where, where are you at in your thought process? Um, we're working on a kind of second edition anyway. The, the core game is already very, it differs in a lot of ways from, from like normal D20. Like we don't, we don't use hit points. It's wound points, vitality points. Uh, we don't do spell slots. We don't do the pseudo Vancian magic thing for anything. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's different. And what we're doing in second edition before this happened anyway, we were going to like change the game even more to things that I felt made more sense. Like armor is just going to be damage reduction entirely. So I don't even know what, if anything we've done would they would have a problem with, except for like, you know, if, if they're going to go up to people because, oh, you're doing a fantasy game, six attributes, you know, you can't use those, or you use armor class in any capacity, we're going to go after you now for that. Uh, like, we don't even have halflings in the game. It's right. we've swapped out with kobolds. So yeah, I'm just but, kinda, but your acronym is D&D. And, and again, I'm putting myself yeah. in the the shoes of the junior attorney that doesn't play the game that is just scouring the web and doing what they do, probably kicking a $500 bonus around for everything. They get taken down. <laughs> um, well, in that Joe, case, I'll just change the name. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, that's easy. It's okay. New name. So whatever. Joe, have you heard feedback from all of your partners through the Emporium? I guess I was asked what my opinion was. David did that as well. And there's kind of common presentation that is used in a lot of D20 products when you look at class and uh, even weapon sections, perhaps even spells. If your underlying mechanics are 
dissimilar enough, you might also want to consider changing your presentation. So well, they're, they're copywriting have... the chart. Well, who knows? <laughs> who knows <laughs> right? What they're going to what they're going to glom onto and say, well, all this other stuff is fine, but this thing here, there could be some brand confusion if you're the inside of your book, which people can't see until they buy it, is so similar to our product that, you know, they might think you're D&D as well. And, you know, I'm just saying it as a um, way to, uh, I guess, be safe, uh, not thinking that it's definitely something they'll glom on to, but you never know. So if um, your presentation is too similar to theirs, um, there's there's a trade dress that might that might be something that they could go after people with. I'm not sure if that's the right terminology, but it's something like that. Can I can I come in there? Absolutely. So yeah, there is very long established and plenty of examples of case law that you cannot copyright game systems or terminology. Um, they would have to trademark it like they did with TAP in uh, Magic the Gathering. So the law is largely on the side of anyone that wants to retroclone, and this is part of the reason they did the open gaming license in the first place, was because they, they knew that, but they wanted to get people on board with them and channeling everything towards their core books, which is the, the highest paying part of the market. So that was the whole original conceit. They would offload producing the less profitable material to third-party companies, use it to channel you know, people to them, um, and avoid the problem of people just creating clones of their material anyway. So, I mean, things like the six stats and, and everything else, you know, there's, there's games almost as old as D&D that were essentially clones and copies and got away with it. So, you know, they haven't gone after these these people, these companies, these games for 40-plus years. That's even without us going into the OGL. So it, it's hard to say. It really depends how litigious they're willing to be. And I think that's that's the problem. It almost doesn't matter, you know, who's in the right, who's in the wrong. It's whether anyone's got the testicular fortitude and deep pockets to stand up to them. Yeah, you're going to need one hell of a war chest if if you're going to challenge it. And, and that's that's the fear, because uh, let's look at the contenders that could legitimately challenge it. Uh, Pazio, right? I, I think that they're yep. at the top of the list. Uh, are they going to be willing to do that? Or are they going to have enough on the back end that they'd rather just say, fuck it, we'll devote the, the money that we would have chased in the courtroom to developing Pathfinder third edition. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, there, someone from within there um, has said that Pathfinder second edition is already almost completely free of, you know, derivative stuff. Um, you know, they've expressed all the mechanics in their own way and, and so on. Yeah. So it shouldn't need too much work to make it completely independent. But again, it depends how litigious Wizards is willing to be. Right. But the problem is, and a lot of people have pointed this out, the fact that they've done that has actually made their game crappy. 
uh, it's not, you know, <laughs> a lot of people think Pathfinder 2nd Edition isn't very good. And I don't know if that's because they're missing something as creators or they're just not that talented and like moving outside of the D&D sphere. But, you know, when you abandon D&D completely, you've got to be very creative and very on the point if you want to make something that stands out. Mm hmm. Who would have thought That's we would that... have been looking to Pazio for for a savior? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't know that they've got enough money right now to really do anything. Anyway, they've yeah. got uh, they're they're kind of hurting. I mean, they're to the point where they're actually making five e supplements and stuff now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of run in has happened. Everybody, welcome the t-shirted historian to the OSR roundtable. Welcome. Hey. Uh, we were we were just talking about the the potential you know personal impacts that that this could have. Uh, we talked about why, and Joe very quickly said, "Well, money." <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're we're really digging now into what are the tangible changes that creators need to make or need to at least consider as well as, you know, we, we didn't even touch some of the other stuff. Uh, we're going to get to what this is going to do as far as impacting streaming and actual plays and that sort of thing down the road. Um, so I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. What direction do you gentlemen want to talk about or what direction do you gentlemen want to go right now? I, I just want to add a little nuance to the money thing I said earlier, because I am not opposed to anybody making money as long as they're not doing anything underhanded. So any company, what, what the money part for me is they're not looking inward and saying we're making crap. And, uh, that's why we're failing. And they're thinking, no, uh, instead of looking and saying we're making crap, we're saying, oh, these other people are making, uh, their money. Well, let's get that instead of trying to, to hire good, uh, good people. So I'm not sure why they can't identify that they're not selling good. They're not selling their wares because their the wares aren't any good. Well, they can't identify that. that because they're busy identifying as other things right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think anyone in this room is begrudging wizards putting out a good version of Dungeons and Dragons that makes money and recaptures all of us. Uh, I've said it for uh, going on a year and a half, two years now. I want to love Dungeons and Dragons again. I really do. It's what we grew up with. It's what we played. It's what brought most of us into the hobby. But it's really hard, and this makes it even harder to love a product when you know the the overlords of said product are diametrically opposed to what I believe. They don't value me as a customer or a creator, and now they are devaluing the community, which is very important to me as a, a member of the community. So it's tough. It's tough. It's an abusive relationship, and I, I finally am in the shelter, and I'm not going back. I think there's a few uh, other nuances to this that are going to make it even harder than they think because, I mean, not only have they cut the legs from the OGL and all the people who support them. Uh, you know, they've actively pissed off all the people who were working DMs Guild who just, mm -hmm. for some reason, suddenly figured out that all their stuff could be stolen as if it couldn't be before. 
But uh, <laughs> on top of that, you know, their oversights for their for their writers with having uh, you know three grifter. I mean, uh, special <laughs> uh, you know consultants, special consultants uh, reading their stuff before it can go to print, along with three more people reading the finalized products. They're not, uh, they're not you making know. anything. Not making anything. No. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's like, I'm sorry, but when you hire people whose job it is to find problems, they're going to find problems. So they want to keep their job. Exactly, yeah. See, my thing That's with this whole the... uh, issue is, like, I don't even begrudge Wizards of the Ghost from saying, like, hey, this license was never meant from, for somebody like Baizo to swoop in and make millions of a vast, like, you know, old system. Like, I can understand that. But you'd figure, like, a multi-billion dollar company would be smart enough and have enough lawyers to figure out how to, like, do that surgically instead of taking a whole sledgehammer to 22 years of the, ho- like, of the whole, like, hobby and yeah. just screwing over everyone, basically. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I'm not hurting them. I'm actually helping them. I've had multiple people tell me, like, hey, your book looks awesome. I'm going to have to buy the, the 5e core books to play this. Yeah, that's like, what I've said, too. Yeah. It's like all the, all the people who are producing 5e content are usually having to do it with the understanding that, hey, you're going to have to buy the 5e core books in order to use this anyway. So it was guaranteed sales for Wizards, and now they're, you know, hammering their own toes to death to do this. And they've made everybody unhappy on inside their company and outside of their company. And I think all of it smells of desperation because Hasbro has got their boot on the neck of Watsy, and they're saying, you are not making as much money as you did for us a couple of years ago and we want to know why so we're giving you this chance now either you make us this money that we require or we're going to take some steps and there's going to be some people gone okay as one of the few people here who's not a creator or not impacted by the changes to creators to me like you're saying it reeks of desperation i mean at this point you know they've had a they've had a rough year with magic the gathering their dnd supplements aren't s- selling well it almost feels like they're trying to shore up their uh, their resources any way they can, even if it's by, you know, eating the uh, the little guys who have been supporting them. Yeah. Ironically, if anything is going to lead to another Pathfinder, it's this. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. factors that led to the rise of, of Paizo and Pathfinder, but you know, chief amongst them was fourth edition suck balls. And that, you know, they tried to shift everyone onto the GSL instead of the OGL. People weren't having it. You know, something like only only 15% of, of players moved from third edition to, to fourth, at least initially. And there was no interest from third parties in producing anything under the GSL. So, you know, all that's going to happen is, you know, someone's going to do what they've always been able to do and just put out a, a cloned system. Anyway, I mean, someone not too far away may have already started transposing an SRD in different language into Creative Commons. Oh, I, I can't wait until uh, until they hammer all the little itch EO guys, because if they if they manage to get what 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 really scares me is, is that if uh, Wizards of the Coast, you know, if they can get the agreement of all the publishing companies and all the other companies who carry third-party products to also enforce the the OGL or at least to not stop or to stop printing all this stuff like Lulu and Amazon and itch.io and everyone else. Um, that's going to, you know, that's not only is it going to piss everybody else off who 
may have been on the fence, but it's going to stifle a lot of content. It's going to cut off a lot of avenues for creators who are using bits of the uh, of the system, and you know, it's just bad, man. Well, yeah, it's those but, guys' faults for trying to be editors as well. Uh, if that ends up happening, whenever they take uh, a step into the uh, creative, I mean, other people's creative um, process, and you're stepping in and saying, "Well, we're going to uh, curate, or we're going to uh, put um, guidelines up for what you can post here, and we're going to ban certain people for whatever reason." When you're in that arena, you're opening your Self up from like wizards to come in there and say, well, we're going to demand you do this. So um, it's their own fault. I mean, it's going to spill over to the creators, too. But from, from my point of view, that's one of the reasons why I said one of the things on my site, Big Egan Forum, is the creators take full responsibility for their own products. Now, I'm not I'm not one to hang anybody out to dry or leave them out to dry. I will I will help them as much as I can. But uh, I think that is the better play in the long run because people can then transpose, as Grim was saying, transpose in the best way possible to take off the, the serial numbers and make the products their own free of any OGL or D&D, at least as much as you can do. D and D um, verbiage, and then there shouldn't be any problem. And you know, I'm not going to get in anybody's way to post anything on BG. I said I haven't yet, and uh, I think that's a better play. Now, Joe, think- with the Emporium, you 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 know, um, you have print on demand vendors, right? Well, one. Well, a a print on demand vendor have yeah. in your uh, I guess. Dealings, and you can decline to to comment or leave certain things out. Obviously, I'm not asking about your business. I'm just asking about your business. Uh, <laughs> ha, have have they come forward and said, you know, we can choose not to print certain things or or anything like that? No, and that's not really the relationship with Lulu. Um, from my on my point of view, uh, I don't really direct directly deal with them as a company. Um, they have an API. I send things over through their API and they accept or reject. There's no like additional. I mean, they, they'll, when they reject a, uh, uh, a product, it's usually on technical grounds or it's always been on technical grounds. There's not okay. been a, there's not been a, Hey, we've run a, this uh, algorithm and there's a lot of, uh, verbiage in here that's close to D and D. So, you know, we got to take care of that. Nothing like that has happened. And they haven't right. reached out to me and said, this is what's down the pipe. Nothing like that has happened. Okay. Okay. And, and but, that's, but, that's but, really what but, I was getting at was at yeah. this point, you know, the, the publisher in your case, Lulu, but you know, there are other print on demand vendors out there as well. They're, they're not coming in and saying, we're not going to print this, uh, you know, for, for whatever reason, because it would violate the OGL or, or something stupid. It's, you know, because it's anti-woke or, or whatever. Right, <laughs> That's, but I'm, I'm also very, 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 very small potatoes. I probably can't even be called potato yet mm-hmm. on, on in the landscape. So, um, all right, Spud. Got me into it. So, Spud, that's good. <laughs> Call me Spud. Let's let's shift gears. Let's talk about the potential. And again, we're we are dealing with 
a document that was leaked, which may or may not be valid. There are, you know, naysayers out there that are saying this is absolutely a bogus document. There are folks that are saying, no, it's pretty close to the, to what's coming down the pike here. Uh, if the document generally stands, there's also an attempt to revoke the unrevocable, right? How how do we see this end playing out uh, as far as the stuff that's out there already? I think someone's going to probably take them to court eventually. I mean, I, I don't know who, and it will be difficult, I'd imagine, but... It just there's there's so many things that feel contradictory at the moment, and it's not very clear. So uh, it's, it's this whole thing is just baffling for me right now. It's, I, I think it'll take someone being the pro bono, yeah, to, to do this because uh, or or if uh, the gaming community in general came up with a had a I don't know GoFundMe might steal your money. So I don't know if that's a good venue, but. Someone to hold the money in escrow to for for uh, this purpose, and just say, "Hey, this is how you can contribute. Let's get some money together." Um, but those are the two things that I think someone uh, that that could be done on the legal side. It might end up being something like uh, you guys might re- if you're comic book guys, you might remember the uh, comic legal defense fund that uh, I popped do. up years ago. Yeah. Yes. So. Me- Similar may have to end up for the TTRPG guys, except that um, I'm not sure who's going to get it started and how, who's going to pay into it. And, I was going to say, you know, our segment excluded. Uh, there's not a lot of big, I guess, support spenders in a very particular segment, right? I, I don't see them ponying up money. In fact, some of them are still defending what wizards has done we we've had some laughs now i'm not gonna totally shit on on the other segments of the hobby either because rightly so there are a lot of people that are pissed it's not just just our niche corner here um but i do recognize that our corner tends to put our money where our mouth is a lot more often than some of the other folks in the hobby so well well, that's the thing though it's not just it's not just us creators that like write stuff. It's also people like Critical Role. It's uh, it's artists. Uh, there's a pretty big uh, game on Steam right now that is a like a, kind of like a Baldur's Gate type type RPG that uses the OGL. They literally yeah. use the SRD. Yeah. Uh, so like all those all those people are affected. So it's way bigger than just us. Like and yeah, I don't know. Like it could like come down to some kind of like class action thing like i don't know i'm not a lawyer I'm, i barely finished high school so well not only that <laughs> it's it's there's like uh there's some more implications to this that everybody's going to be watching and the fact is if they can go back and alter or revoke uh sections of the ogl uh that's going to open up all kinds of uh crap for just about every media company out there because any media company can go back and then just keep altering their licensing until, you know, they get what they want out of it or they squeeze everybody out that they want out of it. It really speaks to the disconnect. Like it's, it's like they live on another planet wizards right now. And they just have these things called D and D and they're like, I don't know what this is, but it's making us money. So let's, but 
this thing is a bothersome thing, so let's try to get rid of it. It's like they don't even know what it is. That's what it feels like to me. I don't, I don't, it's, yeah, that's what I said yeah. earlier. They don't understand the whole culture around it. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking no, of companies, uh, like uh, somebody pointed out that Disney, they have uh, D20 Star Wars, so like what one of the Star Wars thing uses like D20, so it uses the OGL. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> is Wizards of the Coast going to tangle with Disney? I'm pretty sure Disney is way bigger than uh, Hasbro. <laughs> so... It could uh, it could go pretty uh, bad for them in the long run. But again, I worry that the big guys are the ones that are going to be able to make a great handshake deal over cocktails, and you know they're they're not wizards and Hasbro are not going to tangle with Disney. They're going to say, look, you know, we got to do what we got to do here. Here's our slice. No, here we want it smaller. No, we want it bigger. And they're going to come to some sort of arrangement. It's, it's not the big guys. I even can dare. I say, see that happening with Pathfinder because it's large enough that it's not worth the battle. They're going to pick and choose and they're going to, create scenarios where they don't have to go up against the folks that independently could possibly get through this armor. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're going to smooth over the transition for anybody that they would like to grandfather in. Uh, and then they're still going to squeeze out anybody that they don't want in. Right. Critical role of- is not going to have to jump through any hoops. Other no. actual plays might. Yeah. Well, that's and, the thing. Is well, there, you know, when we're talking about OGL, Wizards has two different policies. The OGL is for gaming. The fan content policy covers things like streaming and uh, videos. And uh, so the question is, how long before they change their fan content policy for these streamers that are making money off of Patreon or ad revenue using their product? Not to mention that, they've already got something in place with Kickstarter, which is pretty disgusting. I, right, I was reading the, the Kickstarter the, deal, and a I was I was just appalled that that Kickstarter even would do that because Kickstarter's bread and butter bread and butter are the people that are coming there to create their products, and this just takes them out at the knees, man. Um, you want to you want to tell. The gentlemen, in case they're not versed with what Kickstarter cut with D or with Wizards on this one, well, my understanding is that uh, is that Wizards of the Coast made some kind of a deal wherein if you are going to publish anything, uh, you know, third party, and you're going to crowdfund for it, you have to use Kickstarter. You can't use Indiegogo. You can't use GoFundMe. You can't use alternate sources of uh, revenue. You have to use Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kickstarter is uh, going to automatically forward the cut, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And it's it's only going to be 20% with Kickstarter. Um, I don't think you're banned from using anything else, at least not yet, but it, it would be 25%. And that's gross, not net. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. someone, if they have a large enough following to do a decent run, could foreseeably gross three quarters of a million dollars. That's the benchmark right now that we know exists. Are there future benchmarks? We don't know because, again, the the real document is yet to come. But someone could easily gross seven hundred and fifty thousand and still end up paying a royalty on a loss, which is uh, unfathomable. Yeah, and there's a, a more insidious side to all of this: uh, the fact that. We already know that, uh, you know, Wizards of the Coast has been trying to shift their 
their game policies and everything to become more friendly towards those folks who, you know, fit certain check boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those ones. And um, <laughs> and they they by partnering up with um with Roll20, we already know Roll20 has some really draconian policies in place concerning what they will allow on their platform. We know Kickstarter has also got similar policies in place as to what they will uh, allow you to crowdfund, which is why there are a lot of independent creators out there who have, you know, uh, um, political affiliations or ideals that don't mesh with those who are not allowed to platform on them. And this, this all just kind of, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not a tinfoil hat guy, but it really kind of seems like it's very conspiracy theory level almost. So where do we go from here? You know, the real document's not out yet, obviously. Um, What do we do in our respective roles? You know, I I already said, you know, with Auras, I've just paused everything. I'm going to, and this might be the coward's way, and I'll own it. It is slightly cowardly. But I am going to let the dust settle and determine what I'm going to do. Now, the good news is the only reason I was considering including, you know, that one page OGL, which now is like, uh, I think our friend, the basic expert, uh, ran it through a text estimator. It's now like a 25 page document. If the leak is correct, Uh, I was going to include that just to cover my ass, right? The system's different. Everything is different. I was just going to put it in there just for coverage. Uh, now I'm going to let the dust settle and determine where I go from there. What what do we want to do, not only as individuals, but as a community, I- until we see more? We should uh, not rely on uh, OGL-based things going forward. So um, I don't know how retroactive this is supposed to be. Hopefully it's not going to be able to be retroactive, but if we could. I don't know, Joe. As I read it, it is going to, you know, withdraw the the authorization to, uh, I forget the specific language that I read it, but it's effectively saying the the old one is no good anymore. Right. Even even so, it doesn't necessarily mean they can uh, sue people for things that they've already done. Yeah. So, um. And again, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, I think we need to really encourage creators to not rely on uh, OGL uh, mechanics or presentation, and they need to retool what they have go moving forward. And it's gonna it's gonna suck for a lot of people because most people's forte is in um, setting. And, and things like that, not necessarily coming up with uh, game rules, because that can be difficult because there's lots of game rules already um, developed. And how do you come up with something new and interesting? The really new and interesting thing for a lot of people is a setting or an implied setting. But that all being said, we have to get away from the wizards can't be trusted. We got to get away from all that crap. Yep. As much as is possible. And this might not pan out to anything, but they've played Hopefully their hand. Hopefully it doesn't, right. Hopefully it doesn't, but if it does, if it, even if it doesn't, we should probably just abandon it as much as we can. If they, if yeah. it doesn't pan out to anything, we have more time to uh, work uh, the 
I don't like calling our hobby community. I think it's just a hobby. But anyway, folks should come up with things that are less, uh, less tied to the OGL and all that SRD as they can. I did say community, Joe. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you, now, you're fired. You're fired. <laughs> leave. You must leave. This, this does kind of put a nail in the coffin for D&D. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but I think somebody made the analogy the other day that it's it's almost like the Star Trek movies. It's like almost every even numbered edition of D&D sucks. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah this, this is definitely, I think D&D is going to, go dark for a while if this happens because they're just stifling creativity. This analogy that people make is, you know, D and D going from a sandbox to a walled garden is ex- exactly correct. Except it's not a garden. It's all rotten and disgusting it's a, inside. It's a <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, going to, it's going to be fourth edition again. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to massively contract. They're going to lose money. Yeah. Frankly, um, you yeah, know, didn't we already teach them this lesson? I know <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I mean, is, is there nobody left there from the fourth edition days? <laughs> maybe, maybe Perkins is still there. Twenty five years for Perkins. I was going to say, oh I think Perkins is the is the last man standing, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, allegedly. <laughs> For me, I've always made my own systems as well anyway, so I don't have all my eggs in one basket. There are lots of other systems out there that have been made open in the past. Uh, some of those have their own OGLs. Some of them use Creative Commons. Some of those OGLs use very similar language to the Wizards one and are also missing the term irrevocable. I know the Chaosium license is, is missing that term as well. So a bunch of them may have to update. And things like OpenD6 and so on might have to republish under Creative Commons. Um, I'm going to finish putting together this um, genericized SRD under the Creative Commons. Um, Is it going to be CC0? It will be eventually. Okay. Uh, so I've got a, a sort of draft zero up on my blog at the moment. Um, but I need to figure out what what the finished state will look like. And then once it's finished, then I'll put it public domain. It'll still be challengeable, but at least then everyone will have something. Fair enough. I, I'm going to chime in here and put on my tinfoil hat for a moment because I, I sometimes enjoy wearing it. It's comfortable and it keeps my, my little melon warm. But is it possible that we are just being useful idiots right now too? They intentionally leaked this document either for A, traction and buzz, or B, as a test balloon to see how it would go over. Or am I just being hopeful in both of those scenarios? You're being hopeful, and I kind of hope so, too. I mean, honestly, I, I really hope this is all just a big troll by them to figure out, you know, who's doing what. But it, irregardless of whether or not it's, uh, you know, just a troll or a test or whatever like that, it's, you know, it's managed to destroy the, the, you know, any of the goodwill that they might've had from so much of the community because of the fact that it's like, you know, uh, troll Lord games is liquidating its stock as fast as it can in order to get rid of it. You know, Iris is liquidating its stock as fast as it can. 
Uh, all these other companies are already pulling their products off of drive through RPG because they are afraid of what is going to happen to them. So, you know, if this was just a oh, gotcha thing, uh, I guarantee you it isn't, it's not going to go over well either way. So the damage is done. Yeah, they've shown they can't be trusted. It's like it's like you know doing like a fake punch towards somebody and like making them flinch, and it's like ah, oh, only joking. Like, oh, you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think, eventually I think they'll if, hit you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think if it was fake, then someone would have come out and said something to prevent yeah. all this blowing up. Yeah, they've had days now to uh, make a statement, and they haven't. Well, you know, Cynthia takes her time. So. Um. <laughs> I figure they've also had years to demonstrate that they're capable of that kind of 4D chess, and I'm not buying it. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you know, I was I I would rather be played than than be faced with w what's coming for the hobby. So sure. I I'm I'm not fallible, and if I need to show my ass, and they say, <laughs> well, you know what, they these guys rattled their sabers, and it's not just them, but this group rattled their sabers, and this group is shouting, and this group is marching with some sort of hat. Uh, maybe this isn't a good idea. I'm okay with that. I, I will show my ass if if this goes away, but I, I don't think it's going to. Um, I was just like I said, I was being hopeful. Yeah, well, the the um, this we can take. A, um, we can look at a silver lining, and that is people can up their A game, step up and be creative, and uh, take. We can take this lying down, or we can take this standing up. I think we should take it standing up. Just step up your game. I mean, it's hard. I'm, I'm not going to say it's not hard. I can't just come up with uh, uh, a bunch of game rules, much as I've tried. No, yeah. I think it, it's it's going to force people to, like you said, step up their game and at least put a little more. Not that any creator creating a setting, a system, an expansion, whatever, isn't doing their best. But it's going to force them to take a step back and look at it in totality and say, is this mine? And that could be a very good thing for the hobby. So uh, I'm on board with that. Any yeah, final not, thoughts? Yeah, I'm not denigrating anybody's efforts, but we've been able to not have to worry too much about the about the OGL material. We've always been able to rely on it. So now that we not that we don't necessarily can do that going forward, we have to shift. Fair enough. Anyone else have something that they would like to throw out there on the round table? I can't wait to see this movie bomb. Oh yeah! <laughs> Perfect timing. Mm. Oh yeah, I'm all, I've already seen people who are like, "Oh, I'm looking for." I was looking forward to the movie, but now I'm not going to watch it. And like, that's not like people on our side. That's like you know the so-called sparkle trolls. The ones who are going to see it, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've seen that <laughs> as well, and and more than just a handful too, right? Yeah. It's yeah, it's a significant amount of people that are saying, "Oh, fuck this! I'm not going to go see see that movie." So. I, I don't think they had their hopes pinned on that film anyway. The fact that uh, Hasbro is already trying to get rid of that company, that the studio that made that movie, that is making that movie, and they've already delayed the release of it, uh, tells me that they don't necessarily have the confidence in that film that they, you know, that they it, probably should have. Oh, Either that or that, that film huh. is a big old Warner Brothers write-off, right? We, we yeah. saw what happened with a, a lot of the HBO 
uh, independent TV stuff and a handful of movies, uh, including the, the, the Batman movie, right? Uh, they're just making these films as straight off the top write-offs. Uh, this could be a play. Hey, if it if it takes off and makes money, great. And if it doesn't, we have a blockbuster expense write-off. Ah, well, sucks. speaking of expense write-offs, the only positive thing I can take away is that that RPG Everyday Heroes will be boned from this. <laughs> yeah, my God, that, makes, big that life warms <laughs> the cockles of my heart because they they screwed me out of my chance to be famous with a Pacific Rim. RPG. They screwed me out of my chance to be like, hey, here, yeah. guys, here's cool 5e modern stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're, and they're like, they're gonna, no, we're going to do it better than you. They're going to owe 25% <laughs> or more. That's going to be yeah. great. They're going to be they're going to pull the plug. Yeah, I don't see that one continuing with that royalty in place, if that royalty gets in place. Yeah. Any other last thoughts before we wrap up? Well, not hearing anything other than saying, Greg, if there's a hard copy of Padfoot Alley, I need to talk to you <laughs> uh, before it disappears forever. Um, okay. uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming. Of course, Greg Lambert, follow him, the Chronicles of Iris, uh, the great Victor Gorchev, Grim Jim, the Grimasaur, Eric Jensen, David Gwill, Joe Harden, and the biggest geekest podcast and Big Geek Emporium. Uh, Kevin, you know him as Magic User and the T-Shirted Historian. Better late hey. than never. Uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for, for dropping in. Uh, we're going to push this out and see what the rest of our corner of the hobby thinks about it. Thank you so much for dropping in. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Peace out. Well, Bert, the council has left. Uh, we had a very interesting and dynamic conversation creators uh entrepreneurs just plain old fans a, a, a great cross-section of great people from our hobby tonight here on nerd cognito for the second osr roundtable absolutely i mean the you know we had people from sort of every aspect of the uh of the business from that i'll tell you standpoint. we need to have a roundtable when something good happens because <laughs> because it seems to be that we have these roundtables when we are literally looking at the end of our world. And I, I, I really enjoy talking with, with all of the guys and gals at once. Um, unfortunately, uh, Sylvia from the Red Room was not able to make it. They had a, a prior commitment. Um, but, yeah, I, I really love our chats it's just we always have them when everyone is sort of sitting on the edge of a blade problem is we would need something good that's big enough to get people excited well i guess when hasbro sells the the D ip we can have our positive osr on table because <laughs> it's coming man it's coming well I don't want to take up any more time, but I can't think of a better investment than talking about this craziness that, that, that sort of presented itself over the last week. Hey, I called it. I called it when we first talked about it, when Wizards oh, yeah. put the signal flare up. I, I don't know if that means that uh, I have my finger on the pulse or I got lucky or I just have no more faith in Wizards. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> I think it's a little bit of all of those. So, last reminder, please make sure that you are following us on Twitter, at NerdCognito, and make sure that you are subscribed at the podcast provider of your choice. You're listening to us on a podcast provider right this very moment, so go in and hit that subscribe button, and then, if you feel so inclined, you know, drop us a positive five-star sparkling review. Oh, wait, do those things go together? I I don't know. Uh, What else can you do? You can also tell your friends, neighbors, retweet, share, shout from the mountaintops, hey, go listen to the OSR Roundtable. We really just need as much talk as we can get about this subject to let them know that we're not going away. And I know it's tiring, man. It is a fatiguing subject to talk about because it's coming at us from all angles right now. But it is important that we don't stop talking about it so that it doesn't happen. My name is Ryan David. I am honored and privileged to host events like this with my dear friend Bert. You've been listening to Nerd Cognito, and we will talk at you next week. Be safe out there, everybody. 